Hello, I'm Andrew Vine, and this is Honestly Speaking, the podcast series that shares the insider secrets to recruiting external speakers to deliver successful events. These podcasts aim to raise the bar in terms of knowledge, understanding, and therefore confidence in engaging speakers and moderators to help us meet our business objectives. Hello and welcome back to another in the series of Honesty Speaking. And if this is your first time listening in, then you're very welcome. I promised that these podcasts would be a mix of monologues by me, plus answering your burning questions, as well as being in conversation with a number of really interesting guests. But today you've only got me. But we're going to be talking about the look smart world and the act smart world of events. We're going to be talking about the pull factor, the wow factor, and then the virtuous cycle of stakeholder interests. Now, look, I know this sounds a little basic and many of you will have a bit of experience already running events and inviting speakers. But I do think it's helpful to look at all the components that make up the whole. And it helps us, you know, put related issues into perspective later on as we go through the series. So the very, very first thing to remind ourselves is just how vast this world of meetings and events really is and the number of stakeholders that we have who participate in all these activities. So, you know, look, hundreds and thousands of different organizations, all with different types of events. Each of those events should have a very specific objective attached to them, serving very specific audiences, different formats, and of course, an eclectic range of potential speakers and panelists and moderators and hosts to choose from as well. So when we ask ourselves, of course, you know, what is the best approach we should take to creating a successful meeting? The answer always starts with, it depends. You know, it depends on so many different factors. You just have to be clear from the very start who your stakeholders are, what they need to achieve, and then you can start building your plan accordingly. So let's just think about the organisers. Well, of course, there are commercially produced conferences run by professional conference companies or publishing houses or business associations. Of course, there's non-commercial events too, like universities and governments and multinational organisations. But the audiences are generally all paying delegates or invited guests or their sponsors. Now, corporates also run events for their clients, which are conferences by another name, looking externally. But those same organisations, you can move inside them and find their planning strategy, board meetings, leadership development programmes, incentive offsites, and all manner of things that are going on quietly inside the organisation. So one moment, corporations are wholly focused on doing what they need to to look after their client relationships. The other time, they're squarely focused on their staff, on performance, on making good decisions. Now let's think for a second about who you put on your agenda. Who can you draw upon? Well, the most obvious group, of course, is your own people, your own staff. But then again, you have plenty of contacts, business contacts like uh, partners, suppliers, clients that you can lean on to kind of contribute to your discussion. But there's also professional speakers or semi-professional speakers, people that you would need to pay, but you only want to do that if you didn't have access to the similar kind of input that you could get from other places. So the motivation, though, you have to think about all those individuals, the motivation behind them contributing something to your meeting is going to vary considerably. 
Some, of course, will do it out of obligation. Some will do it out for love. Some will do it in return for something like high profile or for a big bucket of money. So a lot depends on the topic you address. You know, some speakers, of course, will be very analytical. It may be all about the content. It's not about the theatrics. It's not about, you know, entertainment factor. It's about talking about economics, you know, global trade, geostrategy, you know, whatever. On the other hand, there are plenty of occasions where you do want someone who is much more entertaining, inspiring and motivational. Someone who shares fresh thinking on a particular topic, talking about high performance or or how to create a mindset change. So with all of that in mind, you can see just how complex it is. And I'd like to now share with you the three concepts which I first introduced when I wrote the book. Okay, so I've mentioned them already, the act smart world and the look smart world, the pull factor and the wow factor. We'll get on to the virtuous cycle a little bit later. Okay, so, you know, it was back when I was working at the Economist Group, it was the EIU, the Economist Intelligence Unit. Uh, We were designing events and running research projects and all kinds of things. But one of the most critical things we always needed to bear in mind, and just as we kind of embarked on a new project, was is this activity purely for the content, the business intelligence? Or were we really creating a platform? So where it's business intelligence, of course, that's about helping senior executives with insights. And we called this the Act Smart activity. So Act Smart is all about content, insights, analysis, intelligence, helping people to think better, make better decisions, support their strategies, engage the right people. Um, ultimately make those people more successful, make more money if ultimately, right? So it's like saying, look at this, let's act upon this. This will make us smarter. Okay. So, but on the other hand, you know, when we were leveraging the content and leveraging the participants that we could bring together, we were essentially creating a platform. We called this the look smart world and the look smart world is all about branding and public relations. It's about marketing and communications. It's about sales. It's about business development, engagement and influence. It's about saying, look at us, aren't we smart? And you should be buying into our proposition. So clearly the look smart world generally is more outward looking um, with external audiences in the public domain. ActSmart is generally more inward looking, working with internal staff quietly and confidentially inside the office, in the boardroom, in an offsite meeting environment, something like that. Now, if I introduce the second concept, you'll see how closely related they are. Whether you're inviting an unpaid speaker or someone who commands a fee, the rationale for inviting speakers is basically the same. Well, you, you need them to do one of two things or both, right? You either want them to contribute to the richness of the content for your discussions to deliver unique insights and analysis, etc., or you're looking to create a certain level of excitement, like experience, you know, something that will create a positive anticipation in advance of your meeting too. As I say, ideally, in many cases, you want both the pull factor and the wow factor. So the pull factor is really all about what you can do to announce to the world that here's the event, it's going to be great, and you'd better come. Now, this is particularly relevant to professional conferences and business associations. It's also relevant for corporations attracting in their customers for client client events. Well, they don't, it's not about the money. It's about giving up their time. You still need the hook, the pull factor, 
to bring them together. By the way, I was talking to someone the other day who regularly ran internal events, and he reminded me that the pull factor was actually quite important for internal meetings too. Well, just because they're staff doesn't guarantee that they show up, right? Or if they do show up, do they show up with the right frame of mind? I thought that was particularly interesting. And it just shows how important the pull factor is for you to be conscious about whenever you're creating any kind of meeting or event. Now, the other side of it is the what I call the wow factor. Funny term really is the best I could come up with at the time, but it's all about what happens on the day, how you thrill and excite an audience and, and give them something that's really, really valuable. So wow while it's a silly word, kind of encompasses two key areas. It's either the sheer experience of having someone who's inspirational and motivational, maybe someone who has an admiration factor, you know, you know, they've been powerful and successful and you want to hear their story or they're famous, just simply that or infamous for that matter. But the other side of wow comes from not necessarily being famous or particularly special, but having a very interesting story, you know, giving nuggets of insights, something that's educational, maybe entertaining as well. So you have these two things that make up the whole. So now you see you're beginning to form a framework. You're asking yourself, to what degree does your meeting really belong to the look smart or the act smart world? What degree do we really need to work on our pull factor and our wow factor to be successful? It not only helps you make good decisions about your event, it may also help to justify the investments required to pull it all together. So the kind of questions you might well be asking yourselves are, what's most important for this event really? Is it about sharing the content or is it about creating the experience or what measure of both? How easy or difficult is it going to be for us to attract the audience we want? in terms of both the numbers and the right profile. What's it worth to us to get this right, i.e. should we be paying and investing in speakers or or other factors? Who is our intended audience? How well do they already know us? And so how difficult is it going to be, really, to prize them away from their work and into our event? Who are we competing with for their attention? Are there other events out there that could look better than ours? Or are we simply competing for their time and appealing to their imagination? What does this meeting really need to deliver in terms of its content? Do we have this content internally or do we need to lean on our contacts or do we have to get other people involved? And on the day, are we delivering enough to really satisfy our audience? What's missing? How do we truly wow them and get them to want to come back again and to tell all their friends and all their business colleagues how wonderful you are? Now, finally, on to the virtuous cycle of conferences. And while this is set up primarily for commercial events, there are many aspects of this that are also relevant to client events and to other things. So it's all about really thinking about stakeholders. So where should we start? Well, let's start with you or someone like you, perhaps, who's a conference manager, say. What does he or she really need? Well, they need to create an event that's not only good, but it has to make money. And that's to satisfy, of course, another stakeholder within the organization, which is the conference producer's boss, the general manager, the owner of the organization, whatever. But where does profit come from? 
Well, obviously it comes from revenue less costs, right? So where does the revenue come from? Well, these days, only a very small amount comes from delegates. It's mainly from sponsors. And that introduces another key stakeholder. Hmm. Okay. So what do the sponsors want? Well, clearly they want to raise their profile and they want to meet and influence participants and to start doing business with them. So for them, the delegates are key. And hello, here's the final stakeholder, arguably the most important of all. Who are the delegates? What do they want? Well, they might just want to be entertained and have a good time, but probably they're pretty busy people and they can't just give up their time just like that. Even if there is no registration fee, they need to invest their time learning something, meeting other people with whom they can network and have a great experience. Come away with nuggets of insights that they can take home to their companies, their teams, and perhaps just for themselves as leaders. The participants will be pulled in by the promise of the agenda and its speaker lineup. And that fantastic cocktail, the wow factor I'm talking about now in terms of insights, networking and experience. So then who do we rely on to deliver this strong agenda? We're back at the conference producer again. We've come full circle. So I will argue, as you can tell already, that the cycle really starts and finishes with the agenda. It can be a virtuous cycle if you're investing well up front in that agenda, but it can easily become a vicious one if we fail to build confidence amongst the key stakeholders. If the agenda is strong, full of good speakers and panelists, maybe a professional moderator, what that does is it, it demonstrates to sponsors and to everyone, frankly, that the conference is investing seriously in the content up front. That will attract the right audience. They will sign up. The sponsors are therefore confident about paying the sponsorship fee and everything is profitable. And that's what it's all about. Obviously, the stakes rise if some of the speakers you want cost quite a lot of money to fly in or to pay fee for. So you may be constrained, but ultimately, however you do it, I'd argue that the cycle starts with the content. You invest in that. You draw in the delegates. You give them something really valuable and the rest will fall into place. And beyond commercial conferences, I'm sure you can see the parallels with other events, client events. Yeah, they might be cost centers in the short run, but ultimately they're commercial. And obviously there must be a return on that investment. And that comes from doing more business with clients, building stronger and longer lasting client relationships. And it all comes from them feeling compelled to come to your meeting because of the powerful cocktail of insights, networking and experience. So it's quite a difficult job to really define the whole world of meetings and events in just a few minutes. But I hope I've been able to paint a picture of how you need to be conscious, at least, of all the various stakeholders involved in your meetings and events. And I hope that this provides a good lens through which we can start to look at various topics in later episodes. So whether you're involved in the LookSmart or the AxSmart world, Keep thinking about your stakeholders, have a good plan of action that really incorporates some good pull factor and wow factor tactics, and that'll stand you in very good stead. So until next time, this is Andrew Vine, honestly speaking, in Singapore. 
Thanks for joining. To have access to the archive of podcasts in the series, please visit honestly-speaking.net. If you have questions or topics you think need addressing, please submit them to podcast at honestly-speaking.net. Or if what you really need is some one-on-one advice, then contact me via andrew at honestly-speaking.net.